0: going on everyone welcome back to another episode this one is for you out there who may have stumbled upon an avoidant partner not by choice well I guess by choice you pick them but I'm gonna bet to say that most of you if you would have known they were avoidant up front, you would have maybe thought twice about continuing to pursue that situation. And as we get into this episode today, I want to explain avoidant people, especially in relationships in terms of attachment styles, why they do it, things that they're triggered by, and something that you have to be doing if you're back out there and dating again to really filter out and give yourself that peace of mind to know that you're doing a due diligence in terms of just knowing shit up front and yes things can change over time I've always said this and in four years of doing this show it continues to remain true over time thoughts change Feelings change, people change. And I can think back to how many times in my life in which I was talking to someone, dating someone, where it was really good until it wasn't. And I see now, as I'm about to be 26 here pretty damn soon, less than a month, why people like to take time to allow things To really play out because you don't really know someone after a week, two weeks, a month, shit, six months or a year, you're still learning about them. And I'd even argue that you're always going to learn about the person that you're dating, talking to, or in a relationship with. And I think that's a good thing too. But I want to run down all of that on this episode as someone who is a very secure person. In a relationship, in a talking stage, in a dating situation, until you give me a reason to then all of a sudden be anxious because you're doing weird things, shady behavior, and the biggest trigger or tremor of them all is that when you change your behavior from what you had previously been doing, any normal person is going to have their red flags and alarms really up and out. Like I think that's not a very uncommon thing and if you're out there and you're dealing with this now or you have talked to someone in your past, you're currently talking to someone and this has happened, I want you to know that I'm with you. I'm here for you. I've been here for you for a real long time and uh, in all good health, I continue to hopefully be able to do that for you. But before we get any farther. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Vessel Health. It's so fascinating that every single day we wake up and get stuck in the routine of our day-to-day lives. We go to class, we go to work, we go to the gym, we hang out with friends, we go out on the weekends, maybe drink, we go on trips. We're denying our body of a lot and we are doing that because we're so negligent because we don't really know what's happening within our bodies. Vessel Health provides real wellness data in an instant right at home. It has never been easier to look, feel, and perform at your best. Vessel tests essential health metrics from nutrition and hydration to stress levels, which is very important to yours truly, to help you look, feel, and perform better every single day. Vessel Health also has a revolutionary approach to helping you understand and optimize your health through an at home assessment, personalized action plans, and ongoing progress monitoring. I have a great and can't miss offer for you today. If you go to VesselHealth.com, that is V E S S E L health.com, and use code A N T 50, you're going to get 50% off of your first month and then it goes to the normal subscription. Within that first month, you're going to get, I believe, and I haven't had them sent me anything in quite some time because I have so many test cards left over, but you get four test cards. From there, you know exactly what's going on in your body. You know what you're deficient in. You know what food you need to be eating, and you need to know, hey, maybe I need to work out a little bit more. Oh, wait, by the way, I'm neglecting myself of sleep. I need to sleep a little bit more. You get an insight, and you get visibility into what's happening in your body. And I've always said this health is wealth. Like without health, you have nothing. So, again, if you go to vesselhealth.com and use code ANT50. All right. So, let's talk about avoidant people in relationships. As I kind of already mentioned, I am not avoidant. Um, I think it's because of the way I was raised and. I think a lot of this goes back to childhood. We've talked about this so many times. But one of the real harsh truths about avoiding people is that it is very hard for them to change. And as someone that is a very secure type of attached in a relationship, if you're doing things to make me feel that way, which is important, and you got to find someone that can do that, it is so fascinating how you just think about well why just can't they do this or do this or this and part of it maybe is because they don't want to but the other part of it and I'd say it's more than 50% of this is that they don't know how because they've always been kind of conditioned in a mindset of avoiding when things get really hard but I do know that two things can exist at the same time and those two two things are this. First off, avoidant people in relationships and avoidant attachers have an innate desire to be loved and supported, just like all of us. There's just a different way to go about and doing it. But at the same time, secure attached people or even anxious attached people or disorganized, which I'd argue if you are disorganized in your attachment to someone, you probably shouldn't be dating go to therapy, get help. I can say that because I've done the work and put the work in. I don't know if it's possible for someone that has the attachment style of disorganized to really be able to date and push toward a real connection with someone. But I understand and know that avoidant people become incredibly resentful toward maybe a secure person for reasons being The secure person seems to have it figured out. They're really good with their emotions. They know how to communicate it. They know how to use their words. They're actionable. Avoidant people are very much and can be the opposite of that. So they become resentful toward secure, attached people, for example. And when it gets hard, they kind of distance themselves because that's the only thing they know how to do. On the flip side of that, as a secure attached person in a relationship, and by the way, I'll just say this, I have been very anxiously attached in some relationships and it has taken me a really long time to kind of look back and see, well, why was I anxious toward that person, toward the relationship? Part of it is they didn't do things to make me feel secure. That's so important. I'm the type of guy to... In any bit of a situation, I would hate if you ever felt anxious around me. And I don't think of anyone I've ever dated, I've made them feel that way because I'm very good at making you feel secure, comfortable, hurt, all those things. But again, it makes these avoidant people resentful. But as I was just saying, as a secure person, I am very resentful towards people who are avoidant because A, it's not how I was raised. B, it's not the experiences I've had and C, I just cannot understand the mindset. I mean, I get why or I guess how and the means of what they do and being avoidant, but I don't understand why it's so hard to be self-aware of your avoidance, to be like, hey, you know what? I need to make my partner or this guy I'm talking to or this girl I'm dating feel secure. How can I do it? Therapy, journaling, all of it. I've been shoving it down your throat for a long time. It worked for me. But when it comes to avoidant attachers, and if you're out there dating right now, some of you may be like, oh my God, this is someone, this is the guy or girl that I'm talking to right now. They're very triggered by intimacy, avoidant people. They're very much uncomfortable with being dependent on someone like you because it can expose them to the risk of rejection, the risk of them asking for something even though they hate doing it, all kind of stemmed out of childhood into that lane of rejection. And for this reason, if you're dating an avoidant person, you might find that they always seem to pull away from your attempts at emotional closeness. And they're likely not doing it because of a lack of interest, but because their attachment style, their attachment system within their body, in their brain, has been activated. This has been really hard for me to understand. Well, I get it. I get the explanation behind it. But why would you want to run away from someone when they are so on top of you in a good way, they care about you, they want to make it work, because I can guarantee you, you probably are the type of person that if something goes wrong or there's conflict or there's whatever happens, you're the let's fix it person because you really like them. And it's very interesting because I can think back in my life to times where I've been avoidant to people. I'm not completely free of that. But I think I was avoidant because I wasn't interested. And there's a difference between seeing if you like a guy or a girl and maybe being avoidant or being interested, and then establishing that you guys have feelings, that you guys like each other, that you like where things are going, and then being avoidant. There's A very big difference between those two things. But something that you won't hear from a lot of people, and I have certainly figured this out the hard way. As much as it is great to be great with someone, to have that chemistry, the intimate moments, the hand holding, the dates, all of the FaceTimes, the texting, all of it, that's really important to building that chemistry. First off, I think you can have chemistry with a lot of people because I know I have. I think you can mold yourself into a version of yourself that may have not been discovered yet and when you do discover it, you oftentimes when you lose that person, you actually lose that version of yourself when you were with them. And maybe you loved the version of yourself when you were with them. But the true ride or die of if your current situation is going to work out is this. At the moment in which there is disagreement or conflict, and it will happen, don't think about it, don't compensate for it, I know me bringing it up doesn't help, but just have it in the back of your mind as that little bit of a wall, not that it's up and is not a wall that they can't climb over, but a wall that is there to protect your well-being if something goes down. So the moment that there is conflict and disagreement, you will know right then and there if you have someone that is worth fighting for and that they are interested in fighting for you and the relationship. I've always said this too, which is it should never be me versus you in any disagreement. It should be you and I versus the problem. I think it takes just so much experience to get to that mindset and thinking. So with me knowing that, I find it very hard To get someone on that same level and I know a lot of you out there right now feel the same way where you are in your life, where your mindset is, what your goals are. It's very easy to become resentful to people that are not like you. This is another thing too I've learned. How often do we just wish that the person we're talking to or dating or in a relationship with could just get it or be like us. And I think that has so much relevance to this episode because as a secure person in a relationship, I always just wonder like, why can't you, if you're avoidant and really avoidant at your core and in your nature, to be self-aware about it and say, you know what, this guy has been amazing to me, or this girl has done so much for me, she cares about me, I need to go above and beyond to make sure that we're good. I have yet to find that. And I know a lot of you are also on that same wavelength. And again, we're here together. Uh, I've been with you by your side for a real long time. And I'm very grateful that we've been able to do this thing together because it will work out one day. And I also do believe that In situations where it didn't work, God has heard conversations that we didn't. And we just have to be very much vigilant in our pursuit toward a really good connection with someone. But what I want to do right now is give those of you who are dating again, out there figuring it out again, three really great filters to not wasting your time anymore to give you that peace of mind that before you enter into something with someone these three questions absolutely have to be answered and I would argue that they need to be answered pretty extensively on that first date like I am the most anti-wasting time of a guy ever I don't think that when you get to the date, it should be like the first three things that you ask, but you got to drop them in there at some point. Like, You'll read the vibe. You'll read the energy. Kind of throw them in. Do not ask them over text. Do not ask them on the phone. Don't ask them on FaceTime. I need you to be face to face with this person. Because yes, it is about what they're going to say, but it is about what their body language reads. And anybody out there that has dated knows when something's off because of body language. And you can hide behind it with your phone, through text, FaceTime, even on the actual phone call. If people still do that, I have certainly done that in my past. Question number one. Have you ever cheated in a relationship? Now, if they answer no to this, be very attentive to the way that their eyes look, the way that they're holding their hands, if they touch their hair, they're fidgeting, or they're calm. If they say no and they're calm, trust your gut and intuition on it. If they say yes, some of you may be grateful that they did and you know that going in. But if you're also self-aware in yourself to know, like me, I can never date someone that has cheated. I think that people who have cheated have a major character flaw and there is not a damn thing they can do to fix it. You can only go to so much therapy journal so much and really kind of want to not make that mistake again, but there is a very big character flaw and innate nature at someone's core to do that. So I, once that question, it has to be a no, and I've got to feel that no when you tell me. I have to fucking feel it the way that I'm looking at you, the way that you're looking at me. I need to know and have an affirmation in that moment that you've never done it. Because if you're lying about the no or you've cheated, it's never going to work. That's part of being self-aware and I definitely want you to ask that question. It's not a lot. And by the way, if I'm a lot, go find less. Anyone that ever tells you that you're a lot, tell them to go fuck themselves. But if you want to be nice about it, you just... Say, if I'm a lot, go find less. Someone taught me that one time or two. Question number two. This may be the most important one. I mean, the cheating one is, that is like a foundation that we have to have peace of mind on. Question number two, and I've touched on a little bit on this episode already. How do you handle conflict? Man, I wish I knew this when I was 18 years old. I could think back to how many dates I've been on, how many people I've talked to, been in relationships with, where I wish to know to ask this question. Here's the thing. This question needs to be answered in one way. If they are like, ha ha ha, I don't know, like that's such a good question. I don't have an answer for you right now. That is code for they probably have not been in a relationship that was working toward a goal. See, there's a lot of people out there that are just dating for funsies and, oh, I have a boyfriend, I have a girlfriend because my friends do. I mean, there's so much of that. And when you're in your early 20s, it is so damn common. And even in your mid-20s, I'd say it's common too, but people you would hope are getting out of it, but it doesn't seem like it. But if they're unable to answer that question and they're unable to say, when it gets hard or there's a disagreement, I yell or I'm distant or I want to fix it. If they don't give you some sort of an answer to clench your teeth into, I would not consider going on another date with them because what is going to happen is, oh my gosh, they're so fucking hot. Oh my God, we have this amazing chemistry. I've never felt something like this with this guy or bro, I've never had something like this with this girl. I don't want to hear it. I've been there, done it they have to be able to answer the conflict question. Because if they can't, what are you doing wasting your time with someone that, yeah, you might have some good chemistry and then that honeymoon phase, but when it gets hard, you kind of already know that they weren't able to answer the question because they're shit at handling conflict. That's a real important question. Question number two to filter out the bullshit. And the third and final question a real personal touch and kind of epidemic that I have kind of seen over the years in dating and even with my friends that are actively dating it's a real problem. You need to ask them what their dream job is. And before anyone freaks out well what if they don't know my dream job and what if I that's fine. What I am doing by asking that question is seeing if you have work ethic drive and a maybe some bit of a passion. You don't have to be doing your dream job today. Neither of us are, more than likely. But if you're doing things to work toward it, you're being proactive, that's attractive. Well, that sounds damn good. That was a little bit of a rhyme there. But in all seriousness, that question needs to be answered in that similar of a light. I... And this is just me. I don't know about you. Could never date someone that's a freeloader. It just never would work. Because the way that I was raised. And you all know how psycho I am when it comes to work ethic. And being on top. And doing all that shit. And being first in a space. And continuing to push. And making ambitious decisions. How could I date someone that's the opposite? How could I date someone that their dream job is to get handouts? Like what, what value does that bring to me? How does that make me a better person? How does that make me want to sign up to be with you? That just sounds like hell. Sounds like a lot of anxiety and stress that I don't need. I want to come home to peace. There is no such thing as drama that's good. And you'll kind of know that with the person that you're going on dates with, dating, or in a relationship with that sigh is a sigh of someone that is about to be 26 in less than a month. And I'm a little disappointed in myself because it's taken me that long to figure all this shit out. And it's also taken me long to realize and believe it true to my core that, and this is just my internal speaking to you, so it might sound a little bit egotistical or a little bit selfish or narcissistic, but this is just me at my core. I know and believe that I'm the shit. What do I mean by that? And by the way, you should too. Meaning I'm an A++ partner because I'm so fucking self-aware of things that I am not good at. And what separates me from everybody else, and this is just my internal speaking, so take this with a grain of salt. What separates me from everybody else is that I have been willing to put in the work, as I've mentioned, for a really long time. And I can see why people become resentful when I say something like that. Because if you're not putting in the work, you don't get it. And hey, by the way, I'm trying to piss you off right now if you don't get it. Because you're never going to be able to find a real relationship and connection or put yourself in a position to do it if you're not serious about it, if you're not serious about being vulnerable, it doesn't work. And I think back, like, I'm so fucking mad, guys, because it's taken me damn near 26 years. Like, how many times have I bent over backwards for people that really I should not have? Like, I thought about this the other day. How many girls have I dated where I just, like, did so much and gave so much and was so okay with getting like nothing back oh man it it's like a when you have it happen to you and you feel it in your present when it happens you kind of are just like you know what I'm not putting up with this shit anymore and it's like I'm the type of guy to shovel your driveway bring you food give you the best sex of your life. Cuddle you, take care of you, make you feel sec- secure and safe and comfortable and all these things. And I sit there and I I hear that girls like would kill for a guy like that. And I don't know, guys, maybe I'm just attracting the wrong type of people. Clearly, I have. All of them have been avoided. I have been trying to do every bit of a formula to figure out why I always attract avoidant people and you may be in the same damn boat and I know there's just so many of you out there that can relate to this because a lot of my friends deal with this shit people in my family deal with this shit I don't know what's going on out there right now but the only thing that you can control is you and uh what I just ran down in the last 30 minutes may be probably the most beneficial 30 minutes of your life. And if you're 18, 19, early 20s, or shit, mid-20s, 30s, you're going to now have some bit of intellect into like why I think the way that I do and like this shit and why it matters. And it's so important to get clarity and get answers and do all of it. Like, Wow. Yeah, that was that was a real good 30 minutes. I don't think I've ever said something like that on the podcast, but here we are. It's the first time for literally everything. But that's the episode. Shout out to Vessel, Help, Vessel Health for sponsoring this episode. I was doing so good, wasn't I? Shout out to Vessel Health for sponsoring this episode. You got to know what's going on in your body, just like you want to know what's going on with your partner that's avoidant. Well, at least with this, you have some bit of an insight and visibility. VesselHealth.com, code ANT50 for 50% off. Also, if you go to antfarella.com slash partners, other deals and discounts there with our fabulous other partners. I also want to say thank you to so many of you that purchased from our latest drop of merch. We released the Wimbledon collection very early. Wimbledon's not until July, but like always, we're very intentional with the decisions that we make. We wanted to give you one of the first looks into a brand that is growing because of you and that has merch out already for Wimbledon. Like It's one of the biggest times for retail and everybody out there moving merch. So we wanted to give you a little bit of an insight early. Uh, we'll probably have a 2.0 drop of that as well, so stick around. Thank you guys for supporting that so much. It means the world and allows us to continue what we're doing into. Uh, this year number four it's crazy how time flies have a great rest of your week I hope I was able to help you and give you some bit of clarity if you can share this episode with a friend that maybe could use it that is interested in trying to intentionally date and find a good connection and all of that important stuff stay safe out there and I will talk to all of you later yeah